0: The West responds to Putin placing tactical nuclear bombs in Belarus.
2: President Biden's de-escalation strategy is hope and change.
0: House Republicans say that investigations into Trump's business dealings should be handled by the
3: DOJ. I don't believe that Bragg would be doing this if Donald Trump were not running for president.
0: First Citizen Bank reportedly in talks to buy Silicon Valley Bank.
4: It's one huge test of confidence um, for investors over the last few weeks.
0: This is the Daybreak Insider Podcast. Your first look at today's top stories for Monday, March 27th. I'm Jim Barto. On Sunday, Ukraine called for an emergency meeting of the UN Security Council in order to address what they called Russia's nuclear blackmail After Russian President Vladimir Putin revealed plans to station tactical atomic weapons in Belarus. Now against the backdrop of the Kremlin's military struggles in Ukraine, President Vladimir Putin says Russia will place tactical nuclear
1: weapons in Belarus, Ukraine's northern neighbor. Belarus borders both Ukraine and NATO
0: ally Poland. It hasn't had a nuclear arsenal since the end of the Cold War, but that could change in just a few months. Speaking through an interpreter, Russian President Putin seemed to downplay the move, pointing a finger saying that NATO does the same thing. The United States has done it for decades. They have placed their tactical nuclear weapons in their ally countries, NATO countries, in six countries to be exact, Germany, the Netherlands, Belgium, Italy, Turkey and Greece. And we had an agreement with Lukashenko as allies do the same. Reporter Ben Wiedemann says.
5: What we see is that the Ukrainians clearly feel that the temperature is being raised uh, by President Putin's statement regarding the deployment of uh, tactical nuclear weapons sometime down the line uh, in Belarus. On the other hand, they are not pressing the panic button, we did see a statement from Oleksiy Danilov, who's a senior advisor to President Vladimir Zelensky. He said, and I'm reading here, Putin's statement about placing nuclear weapons in Belarus, a step towards internal destabilization of the country, maximizes the level of negative perception and public rejection of Russia and Putin in Belarusian society. The Kremlin, he concluded, took Belarus as a nuclear hostage i think if you read between the lines here what the ukrainians are saying uh, that lukashenko whose hold on power just a few years ago was looking rather shaky may be weakening his domestic position by allowing russia at some point to deploy nuclear weapons in belarus and as As uh, Matthew just mentioned, the fact that this means more Russian troops in Belarus, a country which did allow the Russians to use their territory to invade Ukraine just over a year ago. The use of tactical nukes are short-range and low-yield, compared
0: to much more powerful nuclear warheads. According to Putin, he plans to maintain control over those being sent to Belarus and will construct storage facilities for them. Rebecca Koffler, president of Doctrine and Strategy Consulting, a former DIA intelligence officer, explains why Putin's annexation of Ukrainian territories telegraphed his potential use of nuclear warfare.
2: The reason why he annexed those four territories illegally from Ukraine is so that he clears the doctrinal path for the use of nuclear weapons strikes because based on the Russian doctrine, um, it is allowed to defend the Russian territory with nuclear weapons.
0: Huffler explains that Putin wants to use nuclear warfare as his trump card.
2: He wants to have nuclear uh, warfare in his back pocket if he needs to, if he can't achieve what he is trying to achieve with the strategic operation to defeat critically important targets. So we are firmly on the escalation path with Russia. And unfortunately, President Biden's de-escalation strategy is hope and change.
0: The former DIA intelligence officer says that the Biden administration needs to find a way to get Zelensky and Putin to the table.
2: There needs to be an adult in the room right now. Cooler heads need to prevail. We had an adult during the uh, Cuban Missile Crisis, right? We had the JFK, who was a sober-minded individual. As They sat down and uh, figured it out. So President Biden needs to grab, you know, Zelensky and Putin and get them to the table and start talking because Putin is going to end, you know, this war because... He has prepared for this for the past 20 years.
0: Koffler says she doesn't have a lot of confidence in our generals.
2: People need to be aware how Putin thinks, and unfortunately, we violated the first principle of warfare. Sun Tzu told us, know your adversary and you will win a thousand battles. And our generals right now, they have no idea what Putin is doing and how he calibrated his strategy.
0: National Security Council spokesperson Adrian Watson says that the U.S. would monitor the implications of Putin's announcement, and as of yet... They haven't seen any indications that Russia is preparing to use a nuclear weapon. In Germany, the foreign ministry called it a further attempt at nuclear intimidation. The ministry went on to say that the comparison drawn by President Putin to NATO's nuclear participation is misleading and cannot be used to justify the step announced by Russia. A powerful tornado cut a devastating path of at least 170 miles through parts of the Deep South on Friday night, killing at least 23 people in Mississippi and obliterating dozens of buildings as it stayed on the ground for more than an hour. Federal help is on the way for the people in the Deep South who suffered damage and deaths from Friday's devastating tornado. Daybreak Insider's Jackie Quinn has the latest on this story.
1: The town of Rolling Fork, Mississippi, is one of those nearly wiped flat by the Twister's devastation. Wanda Barfield says it was the hand of God.
3: I said when he comes, it ain't gonna be none nice.
1: She's grateful to be spared.
3: Our life is more important than anybody, anything else.
1: But found her sister-in-law dead when she went to check. The FEMA Administrator, Diane Criswell, is coming to tour damage throughout the region, meeting with mayors and local residents.
0: Making sure that the, the local jurisdictions, those first responders, have all of the resources that they need, and then second, that we start to take care of these families.
1: She spoke on ABC's This Week with George Stephanopoulos. I'm Jackie Quinn.
0: Over the weekend, former President Trump attended his first official 2024 campaign rally in Waco, Texas. During the event, he addressed the enthusiastic crowd and blasted the prosecutors in Manhattan who may indict him.
3: People see it's bull**** and they go and they say,
5: it's unfair.
0: This week, the grand jury in the Manhattan case against Trump will reconvene. However, many Republicans are saying that the case should instead be handled by the Department of Justice. Tomorrow, a Manhattan grand jury is expected to reconvene in a case that could result in an unprecedented indictment of former President Donald Trump. The Manhattan D.A. has been investigating a hush money payment allegedly made to adult film star Stormy Daniels. The reports have swirled that an indictment in the case could be imminent. Republican Representative James Comer of Kentucky believes that the Manhattan DA simply doesn't have the jurisdiction to prosecute the federal election crime that's being alleged.
3: Well, what the DA is trying to say is is what you just quoted. He said stay out of local investigations. The problem with that is uh, this is not a local investigation. This is a federal investigation. He's investigating a presidential candidate, not to mention former president of the United States, for a federal election crime. Uh, that has no business uh, being litigated in a local district attorney's office. And when he says he's not going to cooperate with Congress, Unfortunately for Mr. Bragg, he doesn't have the luxury of determining whether or not he can uh, comply with con- congressional requests uh, because he crossed over two levels of government from the local level to the federal level to try to prosecute something that that clearly, if there was a reason uh, for prosecution, it should be done by the Department of Justice on the federal level.
0: Comer says that in his opinion, Alvin Bragg should focus on crime in his city and not supposed hush money payments.
3: What we believe the role of the Manhattan DA should be is to fight crime. I mean, that's one of the biggest issues in New York. We saw that in the midterm elections last November. Uh, voters overwhelmingly rejected uh, many Democrat candidates because of the crime issue. Uh, we have, you know, a, a crime crisis in many of our cities. Uh, we're trying to do something about that in the House of Representatives. And, and one of the reasons we believe we have uh, high crime rates in, in certain parts of America is because we have prosecutors that, that are soft on crime.
0: The cont- Republican went on to say that many of his colleagues are simply tired of politically motivated investigations that are used to interfere with elections.
3: One frustration Republicans have in Congress is that uh, we keep having interference in our elections. I know the, the Democrats complained about that, rightfully so, when James Comey, uh, just a few weeks or a few days before the presidential election in 2016, uh, said that Hillary was being investigated for uh, mishandling emails. Look, that that shouldn't have happened. Comer
0: also says that he believes that the investigation is politically motivated.
3: But we are sick and tired of uh, meddling in federal elections. And I don't believe that Bragg would be doing this if Donald Trump were not running for president. And that's something that we would like to ask Mr. Bragg as well. Would you be doing this if he weren't a declared candidate for for president of the United States?
0: Comer and Representatives Jim Jordan and Brian Stile all sent a letter last week to Bragg demanding that he testify before Congress and turn over any documents related to the Trump probe. Brang's office rebuffed the request on Thursday. President Joe Biden's choice to run the Federal Aviation Administration has withdrawn his nomination. Daybreak Insider's Ron DeRoxtra has more on this story. Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg confirmed the withdrawal of Denver International Airport CEO Philip Washington Saturday night. The setback for the administration comes after Washington appeared to lack enough support in the closely divided Senate Republicans were united in opposition to Washington, calling him unqualified because of limited aviation experience. Rhonda Rockster reporting. According to reports, First Citizens Bank Shares, Inc. is in talks to acquire Silicon Valley Bank. First Citizens has around $109 billion in assets and total deposits of $89.4 billion. Adam Haig of Bloomberg News says the news gave investors a sigh of relief.
4: This is what we wanted, didn't we, Heidi? I think this is what investors want, right? They want regulators to move quick and and to to, um, give substantial updates on on what's happening here. And it's quite important here that they gave some information on Sunday evening, which it looks like we're starting to get now. So it looks like we at least have one bidder in pole position for this asset, which, as we mentioned, you know, has been at the home of the F. DIC now for the past two weeks. He goes on to explain how the late Sunday evening announcement was done to give the bank sector confidence. It's one huge test of confidence um, for investors over the last few weeks and one noticeable kind of. Um, move from from regulators has been these, these these sunday evening kind of developments where they're able to give information to the markets before the start of trading on monday and we can't really kind of overstate how much of an important move that is because of course a lot of this is about investor confidence a lot of this is about a sense that and um, the regulators and the authorities are doing enough to to stem the problems and clearly um, that's what we're seeing here we're seeing a, a, a quite significant development in the fact that these SVB assets are going to be taken uh, over by this this other lender.
0: The FDIC had tried to sell SVB private alongside Silicon Valley Bank over the last two weekends, but it failed to reach a deal to sell them both together. It has since asked for separate offers for SVB private and Silicon Valley Bank by March 24th. A high-ranking Federal Reserve official gives his take this week on the state of the nation's banking system. Daybreak Insider's Rich Thomason takes a look at the numbers. The report on the banking sector will come Tuesday and Wednesday when Fed Governor Michael Barr testifies before Congress. Tuesday, he appears before a Senate panel. The following day, he speaks to House lawmakers. Also this week, updates on home prices, pending home sales and consumer confidence, as well as consumer sentiment. Financial markets will be watching closely Friday when the latest inflation report, the Personal Consumption Expenditures Price Index, is released by the government. Rich Thomason reporting. The convicted Wisconsin Christmas Parade killer will return to court this summer. Daybreak Insider's Tasha Stevens has more on this developing story.
4: Daryl Brooks Jr. is serving six life sentences after he plowed his car into a Christmas parade in Waukesha, Wisconsin in 2021, killing six people and injuring over 60. Now, he has court dates in June and July. The three court cases involve a weapons charge, a domestic violence charge, and charges that he threatened an ex-girlfriend. Taysha Stevens reporting.
0: And finally... The future is now. This past week, Archer Aviation, an air mobility startup, teamed up with United Airlines to announce that they are bringing the world's first flying taxi service to the city of Chicago. Well, imagine being able to fly over an entire city and all of the traffic below on the roads as you're headed to the airport. How much time would you save? Well, the dream may soon become a reality, at least in the Windy City. United Airlines and Archer Aviation are partnering up to unveil a new commercial electric air taxi service. So the fully electric planes take passengers from a Port about three miles west of the city's south loop to O'Hare International Airport in Chicago. It's revolutionary in form of travel it will get you to the airport in record time. The company says a trip that would normally take an hour during rush hour, now just 10 minutes. And they just closed the Kennedy, so three hours versus 10 minutes, I think, in some cases. The company says the service expected to start in 2025. The planned service will run between O'Hare International Airport and a helicopter facility about three miles west of the city's south loop. The plan is, United Passengers will hop onto one of Archer's flying taxis for a 10-minute trip to O'Hare. Fighting through traffic, that is a trip that can take 45 minutes or longer. Once at O'Hare, they can connect to their departing flight. Brian Bernhard, Archer's chief growth officer, says that their flying taxis are a lot like helicopters, except in one capacity.
1: Fully electric vehicle, one pilot, four passengers, has range up to 100 miles, and you'd be doing multiple 20 to 40-mile trips, so um, very much like a helicopter, but fully electric.
0: Bernhard goes on to say that Archer is really hoping to make their product affordable for all travelers.
1: We want to make this services to as many people as possible. So for us, uh, at the cost of an Uber is, is the benchmark that we're setting for ourselves.
0: As far as the machine itself, Bernhard explains how its specific design will open up new opportunities for those who are interested in aviation.
1: It'll be a different class in helicopter with less hours, but we have a very targeted program for them. So, um, you know, we'll be using existing pilots. We'll be using people that want to get into aviation. So this is a great vehicle to start with as you get into these larger, deeper airlines. So for us, we think it'll be, uh, it'll, it'll attract, some new people that that may have been overwhelmed by the amount of time and hours to get into aviation, this will be a a shorter, more condensed
0: program. The control's a little bit easier to learn and and safer, so it's something we're super excited about. Bernhard goes on to say that they're flying taxis will be completely safe. Safety is
1: our number one priority. I think we certainly share the same uh, passion for safety, and if you weren't feeling comfortable here, we want to make sure we are. So uh, something that we're working hand-in-hand with the FAA. We have 500 engineers working on it, and there are zero points of failure uh, for this vehicle, as opposed to helicopters, which have potentially hundreds of points of failure. So very safe.
0: Archer and other developers of the newfangled aircraft Still need to clear various regulatory hurdles with the Federal Aviation Administration. Help! Help!
3: Jay, stop this crazy thing!
0: Subscribe to the Daybreak Insider podcast at Apple or Google Podcast, Spotify, or Network.com. Get our companion Daybreak Insider newsletter each morning at DaybreakInsider.com.